Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life now your hosts of beyond the business eric cox and leslie haywood and great saturday morning low country welcome to another edition a special edition labor day edition of beyond the business heard here on 94.3 wsc every saturday morning from 9 to 9 30 we appreciate you our loyal listener tuning in the dial to listen to us or if you're checking us out via um, podcast at our website coastalwm.com Simply click on that radio icon and check out all of our great stories of entrepreneurship and leadership from here around the low country. Happy memo- Memorial. Oh, I'm starting it over. Can, yep. I, can I just go back and do it again? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, summer. Let's start. Ooh, summer. Yay. <laughs> Everybody would like that. Wouldn't they? <laughs> Especially all the kids listening would be really happy about that. So happy oh, Labor Day weekend. And um, yes, it's a holiday, but I don't really think it's, you know, Labor Day is important and special. I get it, but it's really about yep. college football the foosball weekend it's an important weekend so exciting everybody's pumped and jacked and excited for the football season right byron could not be happier so i'm here with leslie and byron myself eric happy saturday and uh here we are rounding out gosh uh the end of august so uh we're we're getting ready to hit the fourth quarter before you know it awesome and make sure and follow us on our facebook page if you want to continue the fun beyond saturday mornings and go to Beyond the Business and also BTBCHS on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, you know, we'll talk there. B- because of the football and the holiday, I'm just in a good mood. Are you? And I just want to say how much fun I'm having doing this show with you guys every Saturday morning. And Aww. what a great year it's been. What do you want? No, just uh, it's fun, right? It's great. <laughs> Love. Uh, we'll I was just waiting that. for a yeah, but. <laughs> no, just how amazing our year has been with all these great guests coming in and sharing these nuggets of, of wisdom about real life in the entrepreneurial waters. And, yes. you know, it's great running a business. We all love running a business, but it's hard running a business. It and is. for people to share their real stories and be totally open and transparent so our listeners can hear that, what a, what a treat it is that we get to do that it every is. Saturday. Yes. So... Speaking of which, um, we have a treat because Kevin actually came back uh, Thank you, Kevin. from last week. I You're thought welcome. Leslie kind of was about ready to run him off and scare Ow. him away, but uh, he's a tough man. He's from Queens. He can handle it. Uh, <laughs> Kevin McCourt, again, owner of Monster Tree Service of Charleston. Uh, welcome back and happy Labor Day to you. Thank you. Happy Labor Day weekend. I guess Labor Day is actually Yeah, Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Kevin, uh, we were leaving off last week, I believe. Where you were exiting many, many, many years of corporate America experience and leaping into the shallow waters of entrepreneurship. Absolutely. And so for our listeners this morning who maybe did not get to hear your show, shame on them, uh, give them a little uh, insight onto why the decision to leave corporate America after all these years came about for you. Yeah, I mean... You know, after working in New York and spending most of my career in New York, um, we moved down to Charleston. Um, I still had my New York job, but I realized uh, soon after I left that job that it was going to be difficult to find a similar job in Charleston paying me the type of money I was making without doing a tremendous amount of travel. And given the fact that I have young children, I didn't want to do a lot of traveling. So 
making the leap into, as Eric so poignantly put it, the shallow waters of entrepreneurship, you know, the, the term entrepreneurship can be so vague and it can mean so many different things. How did you narrow your focus into where you are today? Walk, kind of walk us through that process. Yeah, I probably looked at about eight or, or 10 different business models, uh, a lot of them franchises. I also looked at a shutter company that's local. Um, and it really came down to the shutter company or the tree company. And the shutter company, I was going to partner with somebody who had found that opportunity and brought it to me. And the tree company, I was going to be able to do by myself. Um, and, and that was one of the major reasons why I decided to do a tree company, because I wanted to do something where I had full control and didn't have to do the 50-50 thing. Now, um, how long of a process did, how long did you do your due diligence for those people that are sort of going into thinking they want to be an entrepreneur? How how, how long did that take before you really felt confident in quitting corporate America and jumping into this business? Yeah, I mean, I did it once before many, many years ago, but this time I had a family and kids, so it was much more of a daunting uh, decision. Uh, It probably took, it probably took me five or six months of of going through the process and, and figuring things out. And having conversations with my wife, Andrea, and, and coming to a point where we decided that we would give it a shot. So did you seek any advice or leverage any contacts here locally or back in New York to help you with this decision? I talked to a lot of friends. I talked to a couple of franchise salespeople. Um, I was dealing with a couple of them. Very different people, so they had different perspectives. So I was, I was taking advice from them as well. Well, what's neat is last week you gave a nugget of advice uh, to aspiring entrepreneurs. You said, talk to as many current entrepreneurs as you can to hear their stories and what they had been through. And it sounds like you were certainly um, a proponent of your own advice, that you talked to a lot of people, you gathered a lot of data. Um, maybe a follow-up from the advice you gave last week would be, when do you know you've arrived? When do you know that decision is there and it's the right one to follow? Yeah, I don't think you ever really know 100%. I mean, a lot of it has to do with a leap of faith. Um, you try to gather as much information as possible um, and talk to friends, spouse, coach, whoever it is you might be speaking with or who's close to you. Um, and then you have to make a decision one way or the other. Am I going to go for it? Or am I not? Um, I think part of it also had to do with the fact that I was, I was talking to a few companies down here that I wanted to work for. And the response I kept on getting is I was overqualified for everything. And that just felt like it was a sign for me to go do something different. So I'm going to go to that moment again, because I know that we go through that kind of quickly, but describe that moment where you and your wife are kind of discussing it and you make the decision. It's a little scary because you're leaving the, the comforts of corporate America. I'm assuming you lost benefits and Paycheck. all that type of yeah, yeah. paychecks. And Absolutely. So with young kids, um, I'm sure there's people listening this morning that are sitting in those shoes on the front end, you know, scared to death, trying to figure it out. Um, emotionally, what was that like for you guys as a family? I, you know, I was pretty upbeat. Um, but I, I, I won't say that it wasn't a scary time, um, but we both looked at it um, from a really positive standpoint. We, we like the owner of the franchise, Josh Skolnick, Monster Tree, a really good guy, very positive, very upbeat. We talked to a lot of uh, different franchise owners before I got into this in the Monster family. I talked to about nine people in different parts of the country um, and, and just decided that it was something we were just going to give a shot to. And it was scary, but... We had to make a decision one way or the other, and we decided to go for it. And uh, and this is something we talk about a lot on the show. Um, entrepreneurs who either want to start their own company or go with a franchise. And you seem pretty set on the franchise business model. Why that instead of maybe going out on your own and starting something from scratch? 
And I did think of that. Um, there were a few things that we did bounce around mm -hmm. and consider doing, but this had a proven financial track record, um, which was important. And one of the other ventures, the Shutter Company, I, you know, I didn't know anything about that business. It wasn't a franchise. And I wasn't so sure that the two of us could make enough money in that business um, to survive. And, and that's... No, that, make, that makes a lot of sense. So walk us through those steps of initially opening and starting uh, an, a, a franchise. For those that are out there that maybe are thinking about walking down the path of entrepreneurship and thinking about narrowing that scope to you know opening up a franchise, what were those first steps like? Yeah, one of the big things you have to do is look through the, the FDD, the, uh, the franchise disclosure document. Now, that's a big piece of paper. <laughs> that's a big document. And there's a lot of legalities in there, and you have to have a lawyer take a look at it and kind of see what you're getting yourself into. Uh, there's not a lot you can do about it, but it's important to look that over and make sure you feel at least semi-comfortable with everything that's in there. You're not going to feel 100% comfortable with everything in there. You're just not. Um, so that's a big first step is looking at that document. And so... Kevin, as we all do when we first start our businesses, you know, it's a whirlwind, right? You're drinking from the fire hose first year is just crazy, and you're in the midst of all that right now. And uh, it's one of the things I kind of like about our lineup and our shows. One week, we might have somebody that's been in business for 30 years. They just sold their business. And then next week, here we are with somebody that's you know, within their first year of the business. So describe while you're in the middle of sort of that tornado what the first year has been like for you. Um, it's been up and down. I'll be quite honest with you. It's a very different business, you know, going from all the things I've done in the past prior nine years in a pharmaceutical company running that to running a tree company. It's really different. And it's different from the standpoint that um, it's dangerous. I mean, let's just be honest. It's a dangerous business. And you have to make sure that safety is, you know, at the top of the list from a priority standpoint um, and make sure that your, your employees understand that. Um, and that's that's one of my biggest concerns on a daily basis is safety, right? For both my workers, uh, for the equipment, for the homes that we're working around. That's something that uh, it, I would say keeps me up a little bit. Not that we've had any accidents or anything, but it just makes me really nervous because it is that type of business. It's a really dangerous um, type of business when you're dealing with, you know, nature and, and, and trees that are half dead and there's all different kinds of things that come into play. And uh, and machinery that is that is really really dangerous. Um, that that's something that 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 does keep me up a little bit at night. What are maybe some misconceptions that you think that people have about getting into the franchise uh, entrepreneurship industry? Is there something that you wish you had known, or maybe people have the wrong impression, like it's completely turnkey, or you know? What, what's something that maybe you can dispel? Yeah, I, th I think what people have to realize in a lot of cases, and I and I did a lot of due diligence ahead of time, is it isn't necessarily as plug and play as you think it is, right? So they make recommendations. They've been doing this for a long time. They tell you the equipment to buy and everything else. Doesn't mean that they necessarily know uh, that off the bat. I've, I did some things in, in my business and bought things in my business that very soon after the fact knew that you know I would have done things differently myself. Not being a tree guy, but just using common sense. Um, so I think you have to be really diligent and take a look and see and make sure that all the things that are being recommended to you by the franchise are the things you necessarily need to do because in, in, in some cases, in a decent amount of cases in my business, I would have done things differently, but I already made the purchases and it is what it is. And in the end of the day, you still have to generate revenue and find customers yourself. So kind of walk us through 
the customer acquisition process being a brand new business one year in to the right. trust community. So so it's really important to advertise. Um, so they help you with that. They explain to you you need to do Valpac and all these different things. They give you options, and you do it yourself. So we do a lot of Valpac um, advertising. So that's basically coupons in the mail. That's been very successful for us. And one of the other things you really need to do in today's day and age is be active on social media. We do an okay job of that, kind of like, you know, we're not millennials by any stretch of the imagination, so we have a little bit of a difficult time with that. But it's really important to get Google reviews from your customers. Um, that helps drive your, your, your organic SEO rankings on the internet. And uh, so that's really important. That's something we've really concentrated on, so we're getting a lot more referral business now. But in all honesty, it's, it's, a, sales, it's a sales job that I have to a large degree, and you have to go out and close people. Um, and it gets a little bit difficult when you're not the cheapest guy on the block. Mm -hmm. So I watched a, a TED talk here recently on entrepreneurship and unfortunately I can't remember the guys off the top of my name, but one of the things he kept talking about is what makes your brownie different. So, uh, and he, and he just kept pounding that and over and over and over again. So here you are in a business that I'm assuming there's competition in the low country, vast competition. Um, what makes your tree service different? And we'll give you a chance for, you know, we're talking about advertising. Here's your commercial opportunity, right? <laughs> yeah, I think what makes us different is we have some of the best equipment down here. And I just hear that from all the guys that work for me and from some of my competitors that stop at my job sites and look and see what we have. Um, we utilize a, a, a lift, a track lift, which makes it much safer for my guys to go up and take down trees and go up 72 feet in the air in a bucket as opposed to climbing up in dead trees or, or things like that. So it makes it a lot safer. It makes, my, it makes us quicker and more efficient. And I think that the customer service aspect, my wife is great on the phone. The customers love her. She gets back to people. Um, I'm very sociable when I go out and meet with the customers. And I explain everything to them. I said, listen, I'm not going to be the cheapest guy in the block. I have almost a half a million dollars worth of equipment. I have $57,000 a year worth of, worth of insurance I have to pay for. And I do have workers' comp insurance. And I do have liability insurance. And it's real important that when you're doing business with anybody, you make sure that they have you know, liability insurance for sure, but also workers' comp insurance, because if they don't and someone gets hurt on your property, you know, taking down a dangerous tree, it falls on the homeowner. And a lot of the homeowners don't really consider that enough when, when they're looking at, at different vendors. Now, you had said that you bounced ideas off of your wife, and I'm going to give you a chance to kind of plug where she comes into play because she's a bit of an entrepreneur too. too. So how, did, how, did, how do you use her as a sounding board? Right. So my wife's had her own embroidery business for 25 years now. She's still doing that. And, but she, she handles all customer service aspects of the business. She talks to all the clients. She answers the phones. Um, she deals with the advertising aspects of it. She, she does a lot of the scheduling along with me, but she sets it up for me, and then we go over and, and make sure everything's you know set up the way it needs to be. Um, she communicates with the crew along with me, but she's really involved in the business, um, and that's good because she has an entrepreneurial background, so she's very helpful. I, I really couldn't do this without her. And by the way, in case you wonder what business that is we're talking about, it's Monster Tree Service of Charleston. We're speaking with the owner, Kevin McCourt. And Kevin, you're giving us a little insight to how this business has been growing and scaling from the first day. Uh, if you look at sort of the experience of where you are now, as an entrepreneur, what would you say is your biggest challenge that you face day in and day out? Yeah, you know, pricing the jobs right and getting the jobs because we are not the cheapest person around. Um, that That's challenging at times, and that's something I have to talk with the customers about. Um, because we do things differently. Um, I think it's real important to, to do the job we say we're going to do and actually, you know, under promise and over, over and exceed over expectations on every single job site. 
and we do that and it, it's just challenging from a you know and the other thing is is the, the, there's a lack of employees in this business and that's known by everybody down here right now this area has a lot of openings for tree people and it's really really difficult to get um to get help is so, the fact that economy's doing well unemployment's really low you know that same thing you see in kind of um, construction right now really challenging from an employment perspective employee right. perspective. and so especially when it comes to climbers it's a skilled trade right you have to know what you're doing and not every climber is cut from the same cloth they're very different and i i know you know just doing this for a little less than a year i can i can tell the good versus the not so good and there's a lot of different techniques you need to be a good climber and um you know they're they're few and far between down here hmm. um you know i have a pretty good crew right now but you always have to be ready for attrition or if someone leaves and, and, and replacing people is, has been really difficult. So I, I think this is an issue that a lot of entrepreneurs in the low country, as Eric alluded to, are, are an issue that they're running into. What are some strategies that you have to help with the retention of your team members and management and all that? Yeah, you know, try to pay, pay them a good wage. I mean, that obviously makes sense. I mean, that's the first thing you want to do. You know, I buy my guys lunch. Um, I try to do that on a regular basis when I'm with them. Um, I, I do visit and I'm at every job site um, every single day. So I do meet all the homeowners. I make sure things are getting done right. I make sure it's cleaned up correctly. Um, and, I, and I try to stay engaged with my, my crew and my guys um, and let them know that I'm there and I care about them. And, you know, this isn't just some run-of-the-mill tree company. I'm just going to send you out on your own every day and good luck and, you know, maybe I'll see you on Friday. Um, I, I stay very involved with, with the crew um, and I, and I think that makes a difference. So I know you have a franchise, you have the resource of the franchise, right, to, to give you advice and counsel. Are there other places that you go, Kevin, for thought and strategy, whether it's um, books that you read that help, there's local resources that you've used, <clears throat> any place that you really go for, for counsel? Yeah, and I, I think it just it's more than just, you know, having anything to do with the tree business. I read a lot of books. Um, there are some pretty cool books out there. I think one of them that's really neat is The Path Between Us. Um, and that basically talks about, you know, it's by Susan Stabile, and that basically talks about um, who you are. So it, it identifies you. There's, there's nine different kind of personalities in that book, and it, and it definitely identifies, you know, you can read through it and, and take a test and figure out which personality you are. I happen to be a, a number seven, which is an enthusiast. Um, so, and all those characteristics of an enthusiast, spontaneous, optimistic, eager, outgoing, describes me, and it, it helps me understand who I am and how to deal better with other people, whether it's customers, my wife, my employees. Um, it's, it's been a really cool book that I've read and, um, and really helps me out a lot. And then one of the, one of the really great books I've, I've read is The Magic by Rhonda Byrne, which is something to do with the secret, right? But it gets into more depth and it's 30 days worth of exercises. And what it really teaches you to do, and I think this is the most important thing for me or anybody else, any entrepreneur, any person, even outside of business, is it teaches you how to be grateful and thankful for everything you have. And you start the day off being like that, and that sets the tone for the entire day. So instead of being drawn into the news or all the nonsense going on in the world, you basically set the tone for your own day. You're grateful and thankful of whatever you have or don't have for that matter. And you start off the day in, in, in that respect, and, and it makes life and your day go a lot better. And it brings better things to you. Um, and I think that's really, really, really important for people, for everybody. Right. No, I agree 100%. The good old laws that. of attraction, right? Yes. There you go. It's the it. laws of attraction. So, I love yes. it. I love it. So in your most fabulous crystal ball, where do you see yourself in five years? What's your big plan? 
that's very interesting because, uh, you know, um, I'm at a point in my life where I should be thinking about, you know, trailing things off, which right. I'm certainly not doing. I have young kids. I still have to go through college. Sure. You know, I still, you know, as far as I'm concerned, my best years are ahead of me, mm-hmm. like really best years are ahead of me. And there are other things that I want to do and other ventures I want to do. And me and my wife are, you know, she's working on some things right now. Um, she's working on an inspirational line of clothing right now or ins- inspirational sayings and things like that. Um, and so there's a lot of things that I still want to do. I mean, I'll grow the monster business. Hopefully I can get it to a point where there's three crews, okay. um, you know, because the business is there. It's just, it's just trying to find the employees, um, you know, that can, that can run three crews. You know, it's hard enough finding uh, employees for the one I have right now. Um, so I just have a lot of aspirations to do a lot more in my life. And you kind of already answered about half of the question I was going to ask next. And it was going to be, what's your vision for the future of Monster Tree Services? So you want to get three crews. Do you eventually want to exit the business down the road? or? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's an exit strategy. I mean, I don't know if it's if five years in, seven years in, whatever it might be. I think it depends on some of the other things that we do and some of the other opportunities that come our way. Um, I'm always looking to do different things. Um, I'm always looking for, you know, good new opportunities, uh, whatever they may be. And... Um, and I want to build something that I could potentially leave to my kids. Um, I'm not saying that's the tree business. I don't know if I necessarily want my kids doing that, if I'm being 100% honest. Um, it's a dangerous business, and it makes me nervous. <laughs> no matter how much we try to be safe and everything else, um, it is. Um, it is a dangerous business. Um, you know, We do everything we can to, to offset you know, a lot of the danger with the equipment and the way we train people, um, but it still is. And so I'm still looking to find that something. I kind of know what it is. Um, an adventure that we will do um, that will be a great platform for my kids to take forward if they want to do it. So being, um, and how long have you been in Charleston, by the way? Uh, be three years next month. Okay. And you said the early part of Charleston, you weren't in Charleston because you were traveling and doing stuff. So right. being sort of a newcomer to Charleston, watching this evolution, what we're going through, what is your perspective on where we are as a community in the growth phase and where do you see that going, uh, both as a resident and as an entrepreneur of this community. Yeah, I love Charleston. I mean, I left New York um, because I was tired of um, the taxes, the aggression, and the weather. I mean, that's why I left New York. And the pee-pee smell. And the pee-pee that's smell. Right, the, the subway. <laughs> at a young age. Yeah. At a young age. And I didn't want my kids. I wanted my kids to grow up in a better environment. So I, I love it down here. I think people are awesome down here. Um, the South definitely brings out the best in people. My kids are polite. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. You know, that kind of thing. That's awesome. Uh, that's not the way it is in New York. Um, I like the fact that people don't beat their horns down here for the most part, although more people are these days. Um, but I think we do have a growth problem. And we do have a traffic issue. I mean, live, I live off of 41, so that's a big problem Ooh, right yeah. now. Um, and so, you know, I think I think the municipalities have to get things under control. I mean, because things are getting a little bit out of control right now. Um, and I think that's what we hear from a lot of our owners, business yeah. owners, is that, you know, it's great for business, the, the quality of life, you know, that's the challenge that we hope the community leaders are addressing. And uh, we all want more people to come that bring revenue and can help us grow our businesses, right? So, uh, But it is a balancing act. Um, so I think we have a little time for a, a, lightning a quick round. lightning round. This is the part where she's really going to make you think. So. No. Oh, this boy. Is just, no, you super, thought you made it through easy, no, didn't you? No, super Uh-oh. easy question. All right. Real, real quick, real quick. Your most important social media tool. I, I guess it's Facebook, but like I said before, we're not really so good You're at that. Not good. <laughs> we're not really good at that. I mean, you know. The most influential person in your life. Boy, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think my parents are instrumental in making me who I am. You know, my dad put the work ethic in me, and my mom was um, 
My mom was just a, is a great all-around person, and she's just uh, she's the rock that holds the family together. And, and, and before you go yeah. there, by the way, I just sort of gleaned this as we're going through the conversation. The, the people that you've described along the way have been influential, influential in your life, but you've also talked a lot about how important books have been. Right. And it just reminds me of the great, tremendous Charlie Jones, who I met many, many years ago. Unfortunately, he passed away, but... I'll never forget when he grabbed me and said, young man, your life will be shaped and formed by two things and two things mainly, and that is the people you meet and the books you read. So it sounds like you've been a great uh, proponent of that. I know. One of the questions is the best book you ever read, but you've already given already us a given couple. Us. Is there another one on there that you would... Uh, I, th- I think Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon yeah. Hill. That's an old great. one. That's yeah. classy. But that's a really good book um, that makes you think about a lot of things, and it shows you that that kind of thought process has been around for a pretty long time. Um, all right. One of the things that you are most proud of accomplishing besides your children. Everyone says the children. Yeah. I think getting down to Charleston. I mean, that was a tough thing to do, to yeah. leave New York and to leave the job. I mean, I did stay there for a while and to get my wife to come down here. Um, but she's been really supportive. She loves it here now, even though she didn't want to come. Um, but she does love it down here. She's a tremendous support for me. She's another person that, you know, I couldn't do any of this stuff without. And, and, and especially this entrepreneurial venture. Yes. And, Really stressful, but you know she's very supportive and, and working it. Obviously, like I said before, um, so I think that would be yeah, awesome. And finally, the number one thing on your bucket list: what have you got to do? Climb Kilimanjaro? What? No, Everyone's... I really want. I want to play. Uh, I want to play Pebble Beach. Ah, that's where I want to play Pebble Beach. All right. Yep. Nice. Nice. Kevin McCourt, again, owner of Monster Tree Service of Charleston. Thank you for your time, your story. We appreciate you sharing that with our listeners on this Labor Day weekend. Thank you. In Lowcountry, thank you as always for joining us here on 94.3 WSC. And in case you happen to miss one of our shows, you have nothing better to do on this Labor Day Saturday. Simply go to our website at coastalwm.com. Click on the radio icon and you can listen to all of our shows over the past five years yep and see us on facebook at beyond the business and on twitter btb chs and until next saturday low country have a blessed week thank you for listening to beyond the business on news radio 94.3 wsc tune in next saturday morning at nine o'clock for beyond the business hosted by eric cox and leslie haywood and heard exclusively on news radio 94.3 wsc